the QR code that would basically be under the sink of every rental, rental property, property managed by 414. And, and if you have a maintenance issue, issue or request, you can you log s- it with Tarpy yep. um, via your phone and that goes straight into our system. Going one, going twice, no. All right, guys, welcome back to The Property Pod, your weekly engagement into real estate here in the Hobart Marketplace. I'm your host, Darren Horn, and my fingers are away from the buttons. Mm. Trying something new today. I'm trying something actually that's pretty close to what we were talking about recently with AI tools helping our jobs out. So I uh, can just throw to these boys without having to think about it. Patrick Berry, John McGregor, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, boy, am I excited to be here. I can tell, mate. I can tell. It's good to have you back. We uh, we missed you last week. Although we, we didn't even get to record last week. We uh, yeah. we missed the show altogether. And it was basically because you're the backbone, my friend. Oh, well, I'll take it. You'll take it. Tell us where you've been, what you've been doing, and what's been happening out there in the world of Patrick Berry. Oh, I've been living it up in the Philippines for the last 10 days. So, oh, been, la la. Yeah. Hot weather, yep. 40 degree days, sweat and bullets, but... Just over there doing some work with our offshore team. Yeah, so pre uh, pre jumping on, we were talking about the coffees over there and your Starbucks orders and and what that turned into. But yeah, explain kind of the offshore team and and what you went over to yeah, do. Sure. And- so we have four members that work for us at four one four, but they work out of the Philippines. Yep, uh, they do a lot of our admin stuff. Um, so two in our marketing team, which you work directly with. Indeed. Queen. Yep. Superstars. We have Daryl and Renz that work in our property management department, doing a lot of their maintenance and admin work. Are we allowed to drop the Drop the info on kind of the new role that Renz is taking over. So can you tell us about kind of the main reason Abby was heading over for? So the main reason we went over was that uh, about three weeks ago, we launched our own maintenance company, 414 Maintenance. So uh, we have a maintenance team here on the ground in Hobart now, and all of their uh, bookings, admin, accounting, and everything will be run out of our offshore team with Renz. Yep. And so the purpose of creating the maintenance team is to? It's really just a, I guess, streamline our property management department and okay. um, try to help them when we have like handyman jobs, which can be anything from like fixing a door that's not quite closing, changing a toilet mm. seat, regrouting a shower bay. Like they're quite easy tasks, but we need somebody to go do them. Yeah. So it's, it's like a jack of all trades. Instead of like a plumber who specializes in plumbing and electrician, I guess a handyman is best described as somebody that can do a bit of everything. Yeah. And, and that's 80% of the maintenance too. Yeah. Like it's just, but then the second it switches across to specialised, which requires that next level of insurance that's when protection. We, yeah, that's when we then change we re-engage. Because I know even, um, because otherwise even the handyman, are generally speaking, the hardest consistent maintenance person to um to engage in because it's yeah. like I've got to be able to work or get a enough crust for doing this quite easy task. Oh, it's yeah. going to cost me this much to come out and do the job and to quote mm. it and work it all out. So mm. there's a couple of pain points we've discovered over the last couple of years. A, when we're working with handymen, um, you know, they do work for all the agencies in Hobart, they yep. don't mm. just exclusively to us. So that means it can be hard to get them to attend jobs that we need them to work on yep. uh, because, you know, they're trying to appease the other agencies in Hobart as well because they want to keep their, Fair enough. their hands in all the, the pots. Yeah. Um, the second issue we came across as well is handymen tend to work for themselves so they're self-employed, but then that also means that, you know, buying materials to fix jobs and things like that can put a lot of strain on them from a capital perspective. Sure. Like mm. Having enough money to be able to go buy all the supplies from Bunnings to fix the job because we can't pay them until – the job's job done. Plan. Yep. And sometimes with property management as well, we can't pay them until the bond is released, which 
if it's a bond claim, can take anywhere from four to eight weeks, yeah, um, depending well, on yeah. if there's a dispute. And yeah. so some handymen are required, and we make this very clear to them when, before they do a job for us, that they could be required to wait anywhere from, you know, two to eight weeks. To, be to get their payment through, so yeah. So that has, we've found over the years, caused a lot of issues with some of the handymen we're working with. They get to a point where they can't hold any more Material costs and yep. labour costs. Yep. So they're kind of like, oh, I'm not not as keen to take on that job. Yeah. So we started looking at it and we were really struggling over the last 12 months to get people to properties to do the work. And sure so thing. maintenance jobs were staying open for a lot longer, which is getting owners upset or stressed because the work wasn't being fixed. And so, yeah, we made the decision to try bring it all in-house. Yep. Mm. Have a full-time staff member on payroll for us. Um, it means that we can actually sell the rate at a cheaper rate than what we were getting quoted from outside suppliers because um, our main goal is to break even, not to make a profit. With yeah. our, well, essentially, yeah. It's, you a, can't- it's an upsell service is what we're yes. offering. Yes, yeah. Mm. And then obviously being our own in-house department, we don't have – we've got the capital to hold the materials. We can – we can pay for that and reimburse later when the, the yeah yeah comes. So, and get the job done yeah so the decision was made um, we now have a handyman and we have two gardeners that form part of four one four maintenance what a team yeah, look at that so, started started from the bottom now they're here triple trouble yeah so now the goal was to head to the Philippines to teach our admin team how do we get up to how to implement the the actual because the last thing we noticed is with handymen they love going out to do the job but they really struggle with the idea of having to book it in with the tenants or invoices after the job is done oh yeah you're a handyman you're you're handy with the tools not with the pen so the book work and the booking (laughs) seems to be the part was always the letdown as well um so that's why we've got our offshore team handling all of that so our our maintenance person here on the ground all he does is open up his app on his phone of the morning and says he's going to One Smith Street at 8.30 a.m. So this is another cool bit I wanted to bring up. So this is running through, is it the Tarpy system? So, yeah, we use Tarpy, which is our – so this is where the probably the most confusing part that we've had in this whole process yep. is that now we almost have to wear two hats. We have our property management's hat, and then for Renz especially, he then also has to take that off at a certain point and put on his maintenance hat Okay, because we're using two different platforms – and then we're responding to clients in two different Okay, so ways. trying to cross yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so cross the streams like so Ghostbusters. Tarpy is how our is the software that we use for property management. And we've actually been rolling out to all our properties now. So most of our tenants have a barcode now stuck under their sink. Yes. So this is what I wanted to get to. So there's a QR code that would basically be under the sink of every rental, rental property. property managed by four and four. And if you have a maintenance issue, issue or request, you can you log s- it with Tarpy yep. um, via your phone. And that goes straight into our system. Our girls can then allocate it. Is it plumbing? Is it electrical? Is it whatever? It yep. may, is it handyman? And then that goes, if it's handyman, it goes off to Renz, who works in our offshore team. Sure. Who will then book that job in with the tenant on behalf of our maintenance team here in Hobart. Yep. So, yeah, we it's just, it's a bit of a roundabout circle um, and it's taken a bit of time to nut that out. Yep. And that's one of the reasons why we couldn't do it remotely. We had to sit side by side. Like and use whiteboards to show to Renz how it maps out. Yeah, problem yeah. problem shoot through yeah. those problems that way. At what point are you responding to a client as four one four maintenance versus responding to a client as four one four rentals because they are separate businesses under the same umbrella? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, but yeah, it was a really good exercise, and we we achieved what we needed to achieve. I heard that. Abby was absolute and Rand were absolutely exhausted at the end oh, of the day. Like you got to the end of the day, you're like, oh, we're in paradise. So it's like- I was actually quite. Confident that Queen, who works with you as, yep. um, might be interested in moving across to run the maintenance department. Yep. 
three days in, I was like, so, Queen, how would you feel about potentially? And, like, it was a look of horror. Like, <laughs> I've just seen what these two have gone through for the last three days. There is no way I'm touching no this chance. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy doing what I'm doing <laughs> and just leave me out of it. Well, don't mess with Queen. She's mine and we're uh, we're in a good spot. We've been doing heaps of that digital furniture of late mm. and she's killing it. She's yeah. a, she, We could call her a digital stylist. Digital stylist, yeah. yeah. I think that probably mm, fits in pretty well. That fits pretty well for her, yeah. Yeah, so it was a, it's a good it was a good time to be over there. Um, and then just towards the end, we were lucky enough we had one spare day where we were able to spend it with the team and go do a bit of a bonding exercise. Yeah, yeah, it's just nice to hang out and a bit of bonding while you were there as well. You caught up with some other members of the leading real estate. Yes, in we did. The, what's the called again? Sorry, John, will know agencies of the world. There you go. Uh, we got a big plaque on the wall out front because we are one of the only members in Australia. I think there's only three. Is there? There's John? not many at all. Three or yeah, four of us in Australia. The only one in Tasmania as well. Yeah. Um, so got to meet up with Jules, who was the, he, she's the Southeast Asia director or branch mm. something. Yeah. Big giant title. Any, anywho, you got to meet up with somebody in the network yeah. and catch up with them and you had a blast. Yeah, it was good fun. Got to trade ideas, talk about, cause they were a little bit blown away that we had team in the Philippines. Yep. They were just getting their head around it. They knew the offshore world existed in the Philippines, but they hadn't actually thought about how people might use it in the real estate space. And so. the, the reach of, you know, you're a small island in Tasmania. Yeah. It's a completely different here. world and you're over there doing that, yeah. Yeah, so it was good to chat to them about that and how our team function with us and how we communicate with each other. And yep. Yeah, it was a I heard they enjoyed a drink just as much as you do. Oh, I now know why Chris <laughs> McGregor joined because I know Chris loves a drink and that's yeah, yeah. got to be the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> These people. The, the, the networking is strong. <laughs> a little too strong for my liking, to be honest. Um, the one night I went out with them, I think I stopped counting about 13 or 14 yeah, yeah. beers. Wowzers. Wowzers. <laughs> and I'm not sure what we were talking about towards the end, but I'm sure. Sure it was gold. It would have been, yeah, real estate gold. You'll definitely, definitely um, <laughs> knock that on the head. It, it, and it's thick. I, I think Dad was excited that you've got to experience like the first taste of what that's like. Because then, even with Fiabsi and the you know, leading real estates, it's all across the world, and everyone that we've ever met is very gracious with their time. Their, you know, their houses and everything when you go and visit them. I have to admit, um, mm. we met up with um, one of the agents who works in uh, Manila, which is where we were heading for the weekend because we were there for the first week and then we had two days in Manila and then we we're heading back to work yeah. for the next part. Yeah. So, and he was like, oh, you'll never get transported in Manila on the weekend. It's too hectic. The Basketball World Cup draw was on as well, so there was lots of people in town. Mm. He's like, I'll just hire a driver all weekend for you. I'll just get a driver for you. I'm like... It's all good. Don't stress. We got this. We're, yep. we're under control. Nope, nope, nope. You need no, a driver. I'll yeah. get my driver to come pick you up and take yeah, yeah. you around. Like that level of um, we'll do anything for you yeah. was strong. It's just they're just like hey, here visiting us. We're grateful for it. Let us help. Let, yeah. us, let us work you into our country. Yeah. yeah well, and like no, at that said. stage, I think they'd had too many beers because the phone call never came. Next <laughs> <day>. <laughs> <laughs> you, should, you should have booked it. A <laughs> like, three a.m. Sure, promise. Out, but I was like, no, nah, I'm pretty good to get myself around a city. <laughs> oh, look, it's surreal. And when um, I haven't been. Out to do it personally, but I saw in Australia I have obviously, but um, internationally, you know, well, no, I, that's that's not true. So we even when I went to Luxembourg, um, we spent time with one of the families, and they they put me up for four days. Now, the, some of these players has got some serious money. So this house had like it was four stories. It had an elevator in it. Um, it was next level kind of thing, and that was really nice because I'd been staying in nothing but hostels, and yeah. I was going into like one of the nicest houses yeah. in Luxembourg. <laughs> I got that feeling as well that uh, yeah, there yeah. are some very well-off real estate oh, agents yeah. out there. Like the guy <laughs> yeah. I met, he yeah, had his yeah. own driver. I think he had two nannies like yeah, for right. his kids. So, yeah, he was living life pretty well in the Philippines. Yeah, exactly. You know, what other real estate agents and how they operate their businesses internationally as well is kind of cool. Hmm. No, it was um, 
Yeah, very interesting because obviously in the Philippines, he focuses more on commercial and commercial is the big player in that, that space. Like mm-hmm. residential real estate's not really a thing. It sort of just gets handed down through generations of family. Okay. Yep, for sure. um, so yeah. there is res- residential sales, but from what I could gather, it's not as strong as what it like it is here in Australia where we focus more on residential than we do on commercial. That makes sense. So, yeah, he was more in that commercial space and renting and li- and selling commercial properties. Yeah, okay. Mm, okay. But, no, it was, um, it was really good and interesting. And yeah. that was the other thing I noticed as well when I was there is most of the stuff that is selling is being sold by the developer, not by real estate agencies. So they've got full-size yeah. pop-up shops selling. The big like, condominiums. Yeah, big yeah. condominium complexes. Mm. Um, okay. So they're selling little mini villages is what they're currently building, like high-rise villages. Yeah, for sure. Which is what Queen used to do before she worked for us. I like, believe that was, yeah, some of the stuff that yeah. we looked into earlier. So. so, yeah, real estate's slightly different to there to how we see it here. It's mm. not mm. as transactional from a, from a residential space what it is here. Yeah, I think is there a, there's also an extra layer of protection on who can and cannot buy land in the Philippines as well. So as internationals, I think it's a little bit easier for us to buy, you know, a, a unit in the condo or something. Rather again, than purchasing but land. I, but again, I'm still I'm still confident there's like another link through there as well. So mm. um, it's just another layer of complexity. But I do love the way in those developments how they build up those 3D models because <laughs> um, we were at the airport, I think, coming through and I just stopped and chatted to a lady who was selling it took the book with me. I was just there for the experience. Yeah, yeah. But then, of course, they had the full map. And so you're, you know, walking over the development. You're like, oh, that's going to be your unit right there, you know, um, pointing <sighs> to the. Well, the one I went into, which was in a uh, mall of Asia, which, oh, biggest shopping center I've ever been into in my life. To get lost? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> All I wanted to do, Aaron, was find this stupid Nike store. I think it took me and I about an hour and a half. Oh, and no, I, I've already mean. been past this shop. Where the hell is it? I can't do it. I was driving us mental. But yeah. we found this development project um, complex and as soon as the Westerner walks past, they are quick to jump right. out of the store and chase <laughs> after you. But the model's there. But behind it was a full-size kitchen of the exact kitchen and the full, like they'd literally oh, built the shit. inside of the. Oh, so like, like you've got the tiles that sit in the other room over here to say, these yeah. are the tiles that maybe no, could go on your development. the entire inside yeah, apartment, wow. inside the shopping centre. So That's you could literally nice. walk through the apartment. Far out. See, <laughs> when John was telling his story, I was just picturing the Zoolander uh, where he's got the That's little exactly uh, like. model and he's yeah, like, yeah. what is this? A school for ants. <laughs> but <laughs> you're saying that they've taken. Three times this big. <laughs> yeah. And Pat said they have made it three yeah, times as big yeah. and you can walk in it. <laughs> yeah. But John's right. They then like to take you over to the model and be like with That's the little amazing. laser point and be like, this is where, like, we could tell you this one. Yeah. yeah it's pretty I, crazy. I, I know, like, it's fine. That there's still something that makes me nervous about buying off a model. You know what I, mean? like, I don't know. <laughs> You're a bricks and mortar man. There's no, there's no reason for it. There's, there's an illogical fear. Um, Two weeks later, in the mail, out comes John's little model. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can a model it's like, like when you buy from Wish and you think you're getting a big yeah. chair, but it's just this tiny little thing. <laughs> No, well, speaking of models and plans and stuff, one thing I wanted to throw in today was um, did you see this Star Wars mod or plans for this Star Wars house in Victoria? Oh, Not yet. It was an application for one, is it? Yeah, and they've been approved. Um, Pat will bring them up and I'll try and put them in the video. But essentially it's like a Star Destroyer. um, And so the land was purchased and it's um, like – deserty planes and made to look like a, a space planet, and that's why he liked the idea of it. But they've made oh, shit. full plans for what looks like a Star Cruiser from Star Wars. It's not made. It was made to. Is that what that photo was? I didn't look into it more. Yes. Now that makes perfect sense. 
So, yeah, the idea for this is that the guys got the plans drawn up, they're approved, they're ready to go on this land. The sale was going live on the 4th of May, so may the 4th be with you. So strike while the iron's hot. So I think so you'd buy that the project Star Wars house. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems so strange that it's kind of a um, like – it's a really niche, niche oh, yeah. market where it's That's like amazing, I've got plans to build a Star Wars house. I'm not going to do it. Do you want to do, do it? Do you want to do it? <laughs> yeah. Because you yeah. can. God, can you I imagine? really thought I could sell my Wi-Fi to this house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, can you imagine the budget on that? It would be intense. <laughs> so, yeah, it just seems so unique. And then to yeah. be like this is your idea, I was like, uh, are they taking the mickey? But as the further you look into it, yeah, the guy's gone and got approval. Those big um, booster things at the back there, like water, like tanks to like maintain the water. Yeah, yeah. So either you're making the most unique Airbnb or a fan film. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. Interesting. Well, see, this is why, you know, it would be amazing just to have so much money. You could just let's just do that. Let's yeah. see, let's let's see where this goes. You know, um, that's why I don't. Have but money like money. looking into plans, like it still wouldn't be cheap to get, to get a draftsman or oh, someone right. to and, and and to spec it out so that it looks like one, feels like one, but still covers off all the requirements. All the rules, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's surreal. well, that's where they've used you know the, well, the, with the photos, the back end of the tanks to look like the jet engines. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> Oh gosh! Man, I hope someone does that. <laughs> amazing. Well, well, we'll keep up with the storm and watch this space. The other thing that is in development at the moment and a big development for Tassie. Last thing I wanted to cover off on was Woody. Robbie, AFL team announced nineteenth. Gil was in the state last week. Uh, very, very big news that AFL license has been um, approved here for Tassie. Hopefully we'll get the Devils moniker from Warner Brothers. I believe they've said that that's something that could happen. But other than that, there's been some uh, names thrown around, the Tassie Turbo Chooks or the I Tassie Apples. The turbo I'm, I'm 100% the Turbo Chooks. The, the crazy bit is like with the Jack Jumpers, but when that was announced, I was like, that's the most ridiculous name ever. Turbo Chooks could work. Oh, hell <laughs> yeah. I'm out there. It could work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's, there's, the thing is, I'll be proud to be a Turbo Chook because those damn things can run. Like, yeah. You know, you try, try to tackle one of those bad boys. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Someone was like, um, you know, if you call it the Turbo Chooks, then the stadium could be like the hen house. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't mind that. Somewhere online. <laughs> don't mind that at all. So, yes, the stadium is going to be built or that is the um, the 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 federal government are chucking in money to make sure that that's made, which was the final hurdle in getting the um, thing announced. So mm-hmm. we're having a footy team. What's it mean for Hobart and Tasmania, gentlemen? Well, it's got to be an upward thing. Like, you would hope so. I would have thought that having, as silly as it sounds, an AFL team shouldn't create opportunity. Like it's just a sporting team. But I think it does. Mm. I think, you will, for starters, we're going to be attracting mainland players to the state. Yep. But the big difference, in my opinion as well, is not just players that will have to relocate to fill the team, but also the fact that when we've had the North Melbourne and Hawthorne licenses that they come in for four games each a year, yep. we're only getting the B-grade teams or the lower – Yes, not sell out yeah, games. That, so it's the team, like the games that we get are the ones they know are not going to sell out in Melbourne. I like West Coast. They seem to exactly. play here a lot. They do. Mm. And next weekend I think they play as well here. <laughs> and fair enough because no <laughs> one's going to that game. No way, Jose. But like if you think like your Collingwoods, your Essendons, your Richmonds all having to play games here in yes. Hobart, not only would that be amazing to fill that because people are staying, you're never going to fill out that stadium of 23,000. We only get, I think it's seven to North Melbourne. Yeah. But 
it's a team that's underperforming and uh, playing teams that normally are underperforming. And there's the very few loyal yeah. fan base here. You bringing those A-grade teams to the state and you're mm. going to have tourism coming in from people flying down to watch that game. Yep. Like just like we go to Melbourne to watch footy, people will come to Hobart to watch To say yeah, see the games Plus, down here. Plus you're going to have all the locals going as well because we're finally seeing top quality football. So it's really interesting in the last week and a half since they've announced that I've been kind of just pop um, asking friends kind of, oh, would you, you are you going to switch? Are you going to stick with your team? And they're like, oh, no, nah, look, I wouldn't switch, but I'll like I'll get a membership straight up. Like I'll get a foundation yeah. membership like, and they'll be my other team, mm. which I think will be a big part of kind of our age bracket and people who are already. But it's the younger kids. It's the younger kids, look exactly. At, you just got to look at Hawthorne since Tasmania sponsored them. How many younger yep. kids support Hawthorne? Yep. Like it's not an official Tassie team, but there's so many of the younger demographic that support the Hawthorne yeah, and once you start capturing those younger ones, I know, like, yeah, then I would be taking the kids along and, and going along and saying, like, yeah, let's go see the Tassie. I think it's going to be a really big thing for bringing community together and the Jack Jumpers has been a really good case study for it's sold out. People are really trying to make sure that they can get to the games. Yeah. If they can follow that model and, like, get in right now and get people excited and maintain that excitement for 2028, it, huge. It would be interesting then if because the, they'd have to have a natural flow and effects to all the leagues down the road that bring brings through the talent. Yes. And for all the excitement to actually re-engage in um, footy that you've actually got a, oh. a visual means. Basketball, I think, since Jack Jumper started is the largest sporting like code in the state at the moment. Yeah, and they don't have enough. Um, Were they 100 courts short or something yeah. at the moment? Wow. Tassie wide for the amount of people that want to play basketball. I think that's what that that's guy incredible. at the sports stadium yes. told us. Yeah, it's basically, yeah, they they don't have courts to facilitate. And even someone I was talking to the other day that was, they were playing their community league, you know, Division 12 at Claremont High School, Claremont College, and they got booted off the court one time when the New Zealand Breakers had to come and train there when they got stuck here for COVID. No way. It's like That's- they're going to Claremont College, <laughs> like this professional sports team are, yeah. are training th- there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, sp- I suppose the other thing too is that we're going to, with the um, entertainment industry, get some get some arena acts at this point. Yes. So, and that's the other part of the stadium. They're saying, you know, your your big acts can kind of come down here, and it's affordable for them to do that. So, all the positives around that side, I guess, from the housing side of things, and from um, our state, I. I did a fun thing. We we're talking about AI the other day in our. Don't episodes. give away our secrets. No, I'm <laughs> actually, at this point, everyone's tuned out, so we don't yeah. worry. Is that what you're on? Well, this is a fun bit. I literally was on the way. I had to take one of my kids to the doctors, and the announcement was on the radio. And I was like, oh, yeah. "Open Chat GBT." I'm like, "All right, Chat GBT, write me a act as a journalist and write me an article explaining why what are the benefits of the team um, AFL team coming to Tasmania." popped out this output and I was like, eh, it's not too bad. I might like tweak it just a little bit. So I was like, can you please um, refer to this, this and this, a few little facts, popped a bit more. Within 40 minutes I'd sat in the car, tweaked it enough on my phone that I could then come back and I'd send it to Pam. I'm like, what do you reckon about this? He's like, yeah, it's all the it's all the info that we kind of would say. Like it'll help boost everything around the stadium, bring jobs to the state, Tassie tourism will go gangbusters. So it's hitting all these things. And that's it. The more tourism that goes gangbusters as a result of the team, the more restaurants that are full, the more money that is flowing as a general whole mm-hmm. only returns in people being able to buy homes and afford property. So it's got a... There's no way that it can't be a good return. No, no. So it like I'm I'm super excited about it. Um, 
Yeah, I was, that's my, my little inside football uh, trick there, if anyone's read that blog, which I also wanted to put out as a bit clickbaity. It's a very clickbaity um, kind of topic. There's lots of debate on whether a stadium is a good idea or whether it should be going into other areas. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I got a few clicks on my on my bait. I <laughs> dangled my little lure out there and, <laughs> and people responded in the way I thought they would. I actually thought I'd get more from it. So maybe, right. yeah, I, maybe I need to like really ramp it up. <laughs> But, um, yeah, look, the future of Tassie looks bright. looks bright for our kids. So, yeah. That, that's all going ahead in leaps and bounds. Yeah. I think it's a thought where one of the biggest things I find about Tassie is if you can't leave, you're trapped. You know, whereas I suppose interstate you can move across different state lines, et cetera. But if you're in, in, in Tassie, like it's almost restrictive in the sense it is a small state and it is water, waterlocked, so it's harder to get out. At least if there's like um, points of reference where you can look to and say, hey, there are amazing opportunities still available in the state that can take you places. Yeah, yeah. You know, these kind of things are an incredible way to do that, I think. Mm. Well, I woke up the following day and I said, honey, Jack and – Henry, they could play for Tassie. They could play yeah, Tassie yeah. in the AFL. So you never know. <laughs> they you could. Know. I'm with that. Yeah. I'm with that. You never know. All right. Well, you never know how what's going to happen on the property pod. Um, I hopefully. Neither I, do we. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's very dangerous. Uh, I don't think all the all my technical plans worked for today. I had a bit of a break in the middle, but we'll see how the AI edits it for yeah. me. Man, I'm going to be just sitting at home having AI do everything for me <laughs> by the end of the year. He's making his job redundant. Yep. Redundant the more. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was going to turn into that guy from Wally that just sits there in his chair and has everything done for him. You just get more done. <laughs> exactly. Mm. All right, guys. Thank you. We'll be back next week. Maybe we'll talk about federal budget if we're uh, brave enough. Okay. <laughs> Only time will tell. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Like, share, subscribe, do all the things. See you later, guys. Bye. You have been listening to The Property Pod, recorded and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Property Code. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek their news, their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information without first seeking qualified and professional advice.